Hey, hey, sports betting fans. Damon D here. Welcome to the Under Review Show. Today, today we're going to talk a little UFC betting action. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Bellator, who just announced a big card coming up in June. And who better to talk about that with than, uh, I don't know, Chel Sonnen? Ever heard of him? Yeah, the guy's coming up. We got him on the line. He's, uh, he's going to hang out with us today and uh, not only talk a bit about what he's got going on, about his big fight coming up with Leo Machida, but we're going to go through the entire main card of UFC 236, and, uh, and he's just going to chill out for a half an hour and do his thing. Yeah, it's a, it was a good day to pop in to under-review show, guys. Of course, uh, the show's brought to you by the good people at betonline.ag. That's where we get all our odds. That's where we use all of... They let us use all of their odds and their, their handicappers to give us insight so we can figure out what the heck we're doing here. Um, if you head to betonline.ag and you use promo code REVIEW, you can uh, get a little extra money in your account. Just, uh, just pop a little extra nugget in there. If you decide to use some of the info that we're going to talk about today with Chell Sonnen. And of course, it's Chell Sonnen, so it's not just we're going to talk about it. He like he makes picks. He just goes, this is who is going to win, and that's all there is to it, and it's freaking awesome. Um, yeah, because he's uh, he's not only a, a phenomenal fighter, a legend, but a, uh, a hell of a good guy. So, without further ado, um, welcome to Under Review Show. I'm Damon D. Let's get this party started, people. All right, joining me um, live from uh, live from New York, I guess. Maybe that's the only time I'll get to say that to him. But maybe one day you'll host Saturday Night Live. It is the man himself, um, Mr. I should call him Sir, Mr. Chell Sonnen. Um, he also, he has a podcast on Podcast One along with us called You're a Welcome. But among that, about a billion other things, maybe the busiest guy in uh, in mixed martial arts on the planet these days. Uh, ciao. Welcome to the Under Review Show, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. What's happening? Let's help people make some money. Yeah, man. That's that's kind of what we do, but that's why I have to bring people on because, um, you know, I, I might know a lot about it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at it, you know? And I think that applies to everything in life and especially mixed martial arts. Life in general, right? <laughs> yeah, life in general right there. Totally. Um, things in New York. You're doing a press junket. Tell me a bit about it. Okay, so we came out here to do some media. They announced the fight. My next fight is going to be at uh, Madison Square Garden, June 14th. Opponent is Lyota Machida. Oh, uh, winner will become the, the number one contender uh, for the world championship at 205 pounds, which means you would draw into Ryan Bader. So uh, for both of us as competitors, there's, there's some pretty good stakes. Yeah, this is this is huge. Um, I know that you. Uh, I just want to briefly talk about this before we get into uh, upcoming matches. But for you, what? Um, I, as far as I know, you had your, your target set on Bader before this announced, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm always looking at Bader. He, he actually called me out. He's the champion. I don't get called out very much, but he called me out, so it's a fight that he wants. Generally, champions don't call anybody out. Uh, in this case, he made it clear he, he wanted me. I want him, too. Uh, there's not a personal story there. I wish that there was. I like grudge matches. I, I think <laughs> yeah. the audience like grudge matches. I don't have one. We're just two guys in the, in the same weight class with a similar ranking. He's at one, I'm at two. I think I should be at one. I think he should be at two. So there, we got to figure that out one way or the other. Well, yeah, and there you go. And grudge matches are a lot of fun. I mean, um, and no one kind of is better at it. And do you find that, like, 
you know, when you're, you're selling a fight like this, a guy like Leona Machida, who's, who's a pretty like middle of the road kind of guy in terms of like, you know, giant swings in personality. Um, how do you approach something like that when you, when you jump into it? Cause I know that you would just love if somebody was like fired up as you kind of get about things and you could have a little fun with it. You know what I mean? Not that you're not going to have fun, but a guy like Leona Machida is a pretty like chill guy. I think overall, you know what I mean? I think you nailed it. You know, and that's one of the problems. I don't manufacture conflict. I like conflict. I think it's helpful. I think it's even fun. I would go as far as say I have fun with conflict in this sport. Now, in private life, I'm looking to be civil. But I think that it does add something special to it for motivation, for training, for preparation. I think the fans can get behind it better. But I don't manufacture it. If it's not real, I won't say it. I won't make it up. I won't, I won't extend on something. I've known Machida about 10 years. He's always been a really nice guy. I know his wife. She's always been really nice. I met his kids. <laughs> yeah. They're very polite. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those situations where, look, I guess we're going to have to compete for other reasons. And there's other reasons to compete. It doesn't have to be personal. It can also be competitive. And they did put a number one contendership on the line. We're in the same weight class. we got to fight. Yeah, I, I get it, too. And, and even for you, it's like, what do you come at the guy with? He'd probably just be like, oh, thank you. Or, Sorry. Sorry that I'm a jerk. I apologize. You know, it's it, it, yeah. He bow and then he put on that little boyish grin of a smile, and everybody yeah. think he was a nice guy anyway. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, a lot, not a lot of cannon fodder there. He, you know, it just it, it is what it is type deal. And he's a nice guy. I mean, I'm not gonna say a guy's a jerk if he's not a jerk. He doesn't deserve that. He he deserves to be known as a nice guy because he is. Yeah, there you go. And I, I I love it. At least you're not, you know, at least you're not making it up like half the guys are out there these days just for the sake of it. Um, and, and that uh, fight is uh, June uh, June 14th, I believe. Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Bellator 222. We'll definitely have to have you back on, talk a bit about that if you've got some time. Because, uh, yeah, I know that like half your job right now is basically an MMA journalist as well as being a fighter. Um, which, uh, whoever saw that coming. But I, I'm pretty sure when you were doing this, you knew that, you had the chops to probably turn this into an alternate career one day when you're uh, when you're finally finished fighting. Well, that, I have to tell you, that's a, I, I'm interpreting that as a compliment. I think you just said something nice to me, so thank you for that. It but absolutely I, is. I will share with you. It, I like to participate, and in this sport, and it's probably true for all sports, but this is the game that I know. Uh, there's not many ways to participate aside from getting in there and actually doing it. And that's right. a small window. So if you have the ability to come to the events and then, uh, you know, get to be involved in some way. I, I do find it very fortunate. I must tell you, though, I never thought that I would do it. Uh, and the reason is, the reason it was never a dream or something I aspire for, our sport wasn't in that place. When I was growing up and I, I had a dream right. that was just a fan and a young kid watching this and going to the gym and, you know, having my own goals and aspirations, it wasn't even on TV. There was yeah. nothing to commentate. There was nowhere a commentator would even go. So... It was something that I, I was fortunate for the timing of it. Just the sport kind of grew while I was still involved. And uh, anyway, that's how that story happened. If you were wondering, I interpreted that you were wondering how I, that happened, but uh, that's how it happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, just naturally, you obviously weren't the quietest guy in the gym for your entire life there, right? You always probably had the gift of the gab a little bit, or at least you're a pretty funny guy and, and, and probably didn't hold back on, you know, cracking a few jokes. I, and I, I only bring it up because... You know, talking about, say, for instance, Leona Machida, there's not a lot of guys that have both of those things. You know, it's, you know, there's a lot of players in other sports that um, you kind of need to have that that sort of, you know, verbal, you know, ability to to articulate what's happening in a sport. Whereas MMA, I don't think it's as common 
generally. And a lot of the guys just don't, would rather not talk um, some of the time, but it feels like you always kind of had that and it's a natural progression, but it's like, it's like what you're doing right now is crazy. You're everywhere as well as you're still fighting. It's unbelievable. You're like the Swiss army MMA guy. I really appreciate. Excuse me. I really appreciate that. And I'm not a huge sports guy, but I am huge into this sport. I like this sport. I follow boxing pretty close. I love amateur wrestling. I I don't know if anybody loves amateur wrestling. <laughs> I love amateur wrestling. So there is a few passions that I have. There's a, a few topics that I have where it does come real natural. If somebody wants to talk about it, it used to be less and less. I must tell you, yeah. it used to. Be, I used to get my hair cut, and they said, "Well, what do you do?" You know, they kind of make conversation. And I'd always have to give a different answer other than saying I'm in the UFC or I'm in Bellator. That didn't work. No, they didn't know what that meant. Then the yeah, yeah. said, yeah, I couldn't even say I'm in MMA. They wouldn't even know. They didn't even know what that acronym stood for. So, yeah, they didn't really know. So you kind of go, oh, well, you know, I do some sports and they get off the top of profess. What do you do? Just, you know, just so you don't have to have that weird, uh, that weird conversation. I already have to have that. Do you name Chael? I always have to, oh, where'd you get that name? And what's it mean? Yeah, and what's yes. I have the foggiest idea. That's my mother. I don't know. I don't know where she got the name Chael. <laughs> you had to live with it, so that's about as far as it goes. Now, yeah, somebody told me that was my name. They said, "Hey, what we call this name? You're supposed to look up." Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like any other name. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I have no idea. My name's Damon. I have no idea where, like, what it means or where it came from either. So there you go. Um, so no. you said there's no other sports though for you. That was actually a question that I was going to ask later on, but you brought it up now. You're not an other sports guy. Like you didn't have another sport at all. Hey. I- I will tell you, and it's to the highest extent, and here's the extent, I have never seen a football game in my life. I've been to them. I know what it is. I have yeah. never seen a football game from start to finish or the four quarters or anything like that. Uh, my uncle won two NBA championships and an Olympic gold medal, uh, 1968 Tokyo, uh, for the United States. I apologize, 1964 Tokyo <laughs> uh, in basketball. I've never seen a basketball game, and it drives him crazy. I even went, I wanted to be a sports guy, so I went, even went, we've got a, a semi-pro hockey team in Portland, where I'm from, called the Winterhawks. Yeah. I went. I bought season tickets, great <laughs> tickets, right there, right where you want to be. I went to a game. I couldn't make it. I got up and left. You like so tried to I've force tried it to watch you. other sports. I just can't do it. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, hey, that's at least it gave it the old college try. I mean, um, but I mean, I guess I guess it's a testament to how focused you were on what you do. And you know what? A lot of people, um, a lot of people are like that. They'd kind of rather do than watch. I'm the opposite. I mostly watch, um, but maybe that makes me good at watching and uh, instead of being good at doing it. And I want to take a quick moment, though, to uh, talk a bit about uh, betonline.ag. Uh, BetOnline.ag is the site where we get all of our odds from. So all the things you hear me and Chell talk about today, those are going to be from BetOnline.ag. If you go there, you can bet on UFC, you can bet on anything. Bet on your mobile phone, you can bet on your desktop, um, you can bet live during events. It's all on betonline.ag, and uh, they help us out here tremendously. Now, if you head there and you use the promo code REVIEW um, when you uh, you set up your account to bet on UFC 236 or Bellator 222 with Chow in it, um, you, get, uh, you get a little bit of extra money in your account, uh, courtesy of the good folks at betonline.ag, just for listening to the Under Review Show. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the show as well, and uh, you have more great stuff, like wicked interviews with Chow Sonnen. Um, let's get back to it. Here is, uh, here's the second part with Chelsea on, on under review. I was just saying the sports that I really enjoy are less mainstream too. Like every four years, I really get a kick out of the Olympics, 
But outside of the Olympics, I don't know where to watch gymnastics. I don't know where to watch diving. I don't yeah, know where to watch some like, of that stuff. Track and field's not even on TV. Yeah, you really can't. Yeah, so can't do it. I guess I, I am a sports guy, but only only every four years for the, the Summer Olympics. Yeah, I get it. You know, my dad's the same way. He, he loves it. But, hey, maybe there's a tie in there. There's amateur boxing in there. There's uh, wrestling's in there. Um, almost wasn't for a minute, but wrestling's in there. Uh, judo. You know, there's a lot more coming, too. So, uh, sure. there you go. Um, hey, let's talk a bit about uh, what's coming up this weekend. And, uh, you know, we got to start talking the money stuff here, the the betting stuff. Um, and we got a USC coming up this weekend. Um, it's a pretty big one, the, the headlining event. Um, basically, interim belt on the line. Um, but I wanted to go over quickly uh, the first couple, you know, just the main card fights with you and talk a bit about the odds. If that's cool. Um, you know, start sure. off. Yeah, cool. Let's start, we'll start off with um, in the light heavyweights, uh, Nikita Krylov. Nikita's probably my favorite name, by the way, if we're going to talk about names. Um, Charles, very cool. Damon, that's a pretty cool, cool name. Uh, Nikita, like you're either fighting in the OC or you're like a, a spy. You know what I mean? Or like a mercenary in, a, in, a, in an action film. That's the only other job you can have if your first name's Nikita. Uh, Nikita Krylov versus uh, St. Prue. So uh, jump on the odds a, a little quick. Ovin St. Prue is a, a slight uh, underdog at minus 107, and uh, Nikita Krylov is minus 113. This is basically the closest thing to a pick as you can possibly get. They're both kind of favorites in it, um, meaning that you just don't make a ton of money off either of them. Um, that's a coin toss. Is it a coin toss for you, though, even though it is on the betting game? It is, but here's why. If we were having this conversation 18 months ago, no, it's not a coin toss. OSP is going to go out there and kick his butt. The problem is OSP has been very inconsistent lately. Yes. He's a great athlete. He's a great fighter. He started finding submissions over and over again. When he started finding those submissions, what that allowed him to do was get out of the ring early, not have to breathe as hard, not have to push as hard, and you start to get comfortable in that. And then you start to hope for that and look for that. So when the fight does get drug on and you're not able to find those submissions and get out of there with a short night's work, all of a sudden you're caught by surprise. And I can tell you in any sport in the world, when you find yourself in a competition that turns out to be harder than you thought it was going to be. It turns out whether it's more resistance or different skills or longer conditioning kicks in, it can have a real psychological effect. I like OSP in this fight, but I will just tell you he's not as consistent as he used to be, and he's not quite athletically what he was 18 months ago, which does open the door, largely opens a door of opportunity for Nikita. There you go. I, I, I love that. You know, and, and I always like to bring it back to, and, and now because you have wrestling pedigree as the kind of the foundation of what you do, um, do you feel that, that just the, just the, the, basic, the basic level of wrestling through, through high school and through college, because you do so many matches all the time, like your weekend tournaments are like, you just, you wrestle a billion times through the weekend when you're like a little kid. You think that really affected and maybe why so many wrestlers have great success and yourself as well to prepare for matches that are just grinders, no matter what they are, no matter how good you punch, no matter how much you think you can probably knock this person or submit this person right away, you're just pedigree. It's in your DNA that you like train just to grind out to be, you know, to be still wrestling on Sunday evening. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I love the word that you're using, grind. That's the same word I would use. You know, there used to be a take. It's not about skills. It's not about your double leg or your over-under or your inside trips. That used to be a legitimate conversation. Back in the very late 90s, mid 
uh, 90s all the way up to the late 90s, if you just had those takedowns and those actual skills of a wrestler, you could go very far in the sport. Now the actual skills, the actual techniques and holds and maneuvers, they're not as relevant, but the wrestler still does very well, but it's because of the grind. They are used to not only uh, what you're seeing on television, what you're not seeing, which is the weigh-in. You know, that's a fight in and of itself, and that's a skill and ability and athletic event in and of itself, and wrestlers are masters of that. One of the few totally. sports in the world where they weigh you in where they let, before they let you go play. So wrestlers, boom, check that box off. And then, yes, the ability to have a swollen eye or a broken nose or a jammed-up finger or a twisted knee and push through anyway, where that wouldn't even be something you would think to talk about as a wrestler. Hey, I got three more matches. Go, go tape it up, go ice it up, or do neither. But just shut up and go do your your job. That's just something that wrestlers are very used to. So I, I think that the word grind is the, the, the biggest strength that the wrestlers still have. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And it was always something I did some a little bit of wrestling in high school, but it was always that was like you, you gotta realize that the guys who are now at the level of UFC have been doing that, cutting weight, grinding it out for weekend tournaments since they were like fourteen years old. You know, where a lot of guys who are even having their amateur fights in perhaps kickboxing um, or or boxing for that, like it's a build up to one kind of fight over the course of a few months where sometimes guys are traveling every weekend you know what I mean, to a different state to go do this. Pretty interesting when you break yeah. it down. That. And it is different, too, because, you know, you, br- you also bring up the tournament uh, or the word tournament, which I think a lot of the listeners are going to be re- able to relate to. That's generally how sports are done is in a tournament format, all the way from the li- Little League up to the NCAAs through the Olympic Games. It's all a tournament format. Uh, but the relevance to that is you don't even know who your opponent is. So when you come to professional right. combat, right. not only do you have the three or four months in the training camp, but you know specifically who you're going to be competing with. You get into a tournament, you don't know who's going to show up, and then even once you know who's going to show up, you don't know who's going to advance, whether it's to the back yeah. side or the championship side. You just know in 45 minutes, I'm on, there, I'm on the mat with somebody. And yeah. there, is, there is something to that where you don't get paralysis by analysis, where you don't sit and analyze something to the fact that you just freeze up. It does keep you loose because you have no choice. Yeah, and it also it makes you it forces you to be a super diverse in how you approach every fight as well. In your training, you have to be prepared for everything at all times and yeah. train that hard. Uh, that's a fantastic point to bring up. I'm going to, I'm putting that into my little wrestlers, why wrestlers are awesome in MMA dossier here. Um, I'll write that in and then we'll move on <laughs> to the Juban versus Grant fight. Also another one of these, that's like basically a pick and Juban, um, Alan Juban is a, uh, a minus one fifteen favorite, and, uh, and Dwight Grant sitting at, uh, at minus 105. So, uh, once again, slight favorite for, for Alan Jaban. And uh, Dwight Grant, still a favorite, but um, also, uh, also a coin toss according to the odds. But is it a coin toss to Chelsea on it? Well, and Grant has that wild card, right? He's got that power. He'll yeah. shut, your, he'll shut your, your, your lights off uh, at any point. He's got 15 minutes to land one shot. Uh, Alan's a little bit different. He's a lot more athletic. He's a, he's a lot more uh, precise and well thought out. He doesn't just throw one punch. He's, it's going to be three and four beat combinations. Everything's going to finish with a kick, if not uh, going for the takedown after the punch. So he keeps you guessing. He does follow the strategy that the best defense is a good offense. So he just stays very busy, and a lot of times he doesn't need that defense, which will make it tough for Grant to ever find that big shot. But if Grant finds it, uh, he's got the ability to stop him. I do agree with the odds, and I do favor uh, Allen in that contest. However slight, he still gets the edge on on your card. Okay, good to good to hear. All right, next fight up on the main card here. Uh, you got Eric Anders 
um, versus Khalil Roundtree Jr. All right, so both these guys, um, I think Roundtree is eleven and three, and and Anders is uh, eleven. I think they're both eleven and three. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they might be here. Um, and uh, he, here we go. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, both eleven and three, so pretty even matchup there. And then you've got yourself. Um, Odds that are that are actually underdog and favorite set up. Eric Anders sitting at minus one ninety as a favorite, um, and then Khalil Roundtree at plus one sixty five. So not a massive disparity. This is a pretty even card they're putting out here. But two evenly matched fighters um, with two even records um, on on a main on the main card for two thirty six. Where are you at with these guys? Roundtree wins that fight. Those, those odds surprise me. That should probably be about a three to one favorite for Roundtree. I'm literally stunned at those odds. And then when you tell me that he's an underdog on top of everything else, that's just plain wrong. Uh, Anders gets a lot of respect in this sport, particularly from the locker room. The fellow fighters, and I'm one of them, respect him. He is as tough as an old brother boot. He will never stop coming at you. He will never give up. As a matter of fact, he lost a fight to the, the current number one contender. He lost it in between rounds. He was trying to get up. He fell down. He tried to get up again. He fell down. He tried to get up a third time. And when he fell, trying to get to his corner just so he would recover so he could go back out and fight some more. The third time he fell in between rounds, where I mean, he just literally was trying to stand up and just fall. Nobody else was even around him. The ref had to step in and wave it off. But it was one of those moments that you won't forget. It's one of those moments that he will be respected uh, forever, at least those within the industry. However, because of that toughness, is also what is putting blinders on people's eyes. He is simply not as good of a fighter as Roundtree, and he's not going to win this contest. Just just bottom line, not going to make it is what you got. He's, he is just not. He will look great. He will have your respect, and he will be tough. He will not land as many punches. He will not land as many kicks, and he will not land as many takedowns. Uh, the odds makers are better be ready to, to lose the book on this one. Well, and, and that's the thing, too. Maybe you, just that tenacity kind of leads to the to the odds being swayed so slightly because you know they think they, they can he can outlast and and maybe get through it's it's interesting great to hear from your perspective too and hey that, and that's not the first time we've seen that i mean that's a real thing don't forget when conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather got announced it was 11 to 1 favorite for floyd yeah that moved to nine that moved to six yeah. and that went off at, at less less than three to one but that was based on uh, you know just the psychology of the better if you will they got inundated. They bought into the hype. They had fun. They wanted to believe something. They wanted it to be true so bad. They were willing to part with their own money. But the reality was you have the greatest of all time taken on an amateur who's never done it. I mean, that one was, was obvious from Jump Street, but that's not me. that doesn't mean that people, uh, you know, money didn't come in on Floyd and ship those yep. lines. It created a real opportunity for some people. Oh, man, I love that you know so much about the, the, the betting part of things. I guess, you know, it's always so comfortable when talking about the gambling part with people in mixed martial arts because it's just like the roots are in Vegas and they just get it. Where so many other sports, they pretend that it's just kind of this fringe thing that happens um but like uh, boxing and and mma are just so different especially with the ufc's you know stake in in the gambling industry i just love that it's it's just in your vernacular it's already in your in your vocabulary to talk about it and it comes so naturally it's like refreshing for it to not to have to like walk through what a plus 140 means you're just nailing it i love it so um uh, next fight middleweight uh kevin kelvin gastelum uh israel adesanya um, right now, I don't know if you want to take a guess at these odds um, right now, but they're they're about 
the same as the last fight, with Gastelum being an underdog at plus 145 and uh, and Asanya being a, a minus 170 favorite, which is actually pretty significant for you know a, a, a second two main event um, fight between two pretty damn good fighters. Uh, a minus 170, uh, not that I was surprised at it, but uh, I think I may be more surprised that Gastelum is plus 145 here. I will tell you this now. I, this is not going to be a close fight. And when this whole thing is done, it's going to be very obvi- obvious to all of us and go, why didn't we know that ahead of time? Yeah, okay. This is not an ultraly competitive fight. However, predicting it and what side it's going to fall on, I don't know. One of these guys is going to run over the other one. They're just two different of styles. Kelvin Gatslam is not dynamic. He's more what we call a blue-collar fighter. He's going to start with a jab. He's going to finish with a cross. He's also southpaw, which gives guys problems. But he has that intangible power, the same power Dan Henderson had at this sport, the same power that Mike Tyson had uh, in his pugilistic sport. But Kelvin Gatslam's extremely hard to hit. Israel Otis, but he's not that hard to kick. He's hard to punch. He's not that hard to kick to the point that he almost doesn't like to defend kicks, to the point that mm, it's almost as though he doesn't want to defend them because he doesn't respect them. Now, what happens is after you take five and seven and nine of those kicks over the course of one and two and three rounds, before you even get to the championship rounds, you wish you had blocked them. You do start to feel them, and they do slow you down. And uh, he happens to be taken on a guy who's really great at kicking. So I do fear, and a disclosure to your audience, I have a very close and personal relationship with Kelvin Gatslam. I am pulling for him in this fight, and I am only human. Yes, that does put some blinders (laughs) on me. However, I also think that it is the basics that win championships. I think Israel Adesanya is a far better athlete, and he's far more dynamic and beautiful to watch. Kelvin is a little bit more straightforward and basics, but it is those basics that win championships. I am predicting Kelvin Gastelum. Love it. And Kelvin Gastelum, um, although slight, um, sitting at a plus 145 underdog. So you can actually make a bit of money off. You have a couple of underdogs picks here. I love it, man. That's how you make money off these things. Is that you, if you bet chalk, you, uh, no one's going to be giving you a high five. You know, you barely make your money back by the end of it. Um, okay, now on to the main event, my friend. Uh, Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, two. Is this really a part two, though? Like, is, it, is, there, is there some sort of, like, a moratorium on how far apart people have to fight? Unless they had, like, a trilogy way back in the day, and it's, like, this, like, last go-round where you can be, like, historically, it would end. You know, but this one's, like, they fought, like, eight years ago, didn't they? Well, yeah, and, and I do agree with you on that. If it's outside of our ability to remember as the viewer, <laughs> then it never happened. That's but, right. All right, this is a rematch. The first one went... Uh, to Poirier, they're totally different fighters now. Don't let that factor in. Listen, guys, you must bet on Max Holloway. Let me tell you why I use the term you must bet. One thing that we do know going into this fight is Max's volume is going to be a lot higher. Max will throw a 100 strikes at Poirier for every 60 strikes that Poirier throws back at Max. Right. Now, before you get lost in the weeds of but Poirier has the power and he doesn't need all of those shots, I concede to you, but if you look at this as it is any other sport and you are a handicapper, if I come out and I tell you that the Lakers are going to play the Suns, ahead of time I assure you, the Lakers are going to attempt 100 baskets. The Suns are going to attempt 60 baskets. If you had that information ahead of time, Without question, unless you are a fool, you would bet on the team that is going to shoot the ball more, just simply probability-wise giving themselves a greater opportunity to score, and then you're going to trust that over the course of a the night they will 
score more than their opposition, regardless of who the teams are. And I can tell you that going to this fight, Max Holloway is going to outpace him, and it's not even going to be close. He does this to everybody. It's no knock on Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier is an incredible fighter uh, that belongs in this spot. But if you're going to look at this in part with your money, and you know ahead of time that one guy is going to put up twice as many shots as the other guy, you have to take a look at that and just assume that more shots are then going to be made unless you just want to be crazy and bet on the accuracy and uh, the failure of accuracy uh, by the other team. So, look, you have to put your money on Max. I also, in spite of all of that and that analysis, I do believe that Max is the better fighter. Max happens to be the reigning world champion while Poirier is going for his first world championship. Very special, very special athlete. Max Holloway, you have to. You must bet on Max. And, you know, especially considering uh, if you took those same stats you're talking about with the basketball game and said, we're going to add another quarter as well to the game. (laughs) So those are your four quarter uh, uh, stats for shooting. But we're going to add another quarter and a half to this game. (laughs) And and that gap's going to be even further because it's just going to go on for longer. And uh, in, in a, exactly. a championship fight like that, like, don't think for one second he's not going to sustain the volume through the entire fight, too, right? Yeah, no, no that's, that's exactly right. And, and when you look at the numbers based on that before, you can get caught in the weeds of their skills and the analytics of, well, who's the better grappler? And who's the better? Max is going to throw up more baskets than Dustin, two to one. And that has to matter, too, if you're a better. Okay, so after. after um, Holloway Poirier, Poirier uh, 1.5, which I'm going to call it from now on. Um, what, what happens now, though? They go straight to Khabib from here? That is, what, that is what is being told to us. And don't forget, this is for the interim world championship. Yeah, exactly. Khabib being the undisputed champion does not have a, is not eligible for a license right now. He is on suspension for a post-fight brawl uh, with Conor McGregor in October of last year. But the relevance being... Uh, it is supposed to always be the interim champion versus the undisputed champion. However, that is policy. There is no actual law or regulatory body, and things in this sport do tend to change. <laughs> so I will predict do what they want, for you that, yes, it will go <laughs> max into Khabib September of 2019 uh, at a venue in Abu Dhabi. That is what we are being told, and I tend to believe that it's true, particularly when you have the evidence that a venue and a date is already picked out. The other <laughs> side of that coin that yeah. everybody's missing and no one's talking about, but I think it's a great first storyline, is Max is the sitting and reigning world champion at 145. So should he capture the title at 155 and then draw into Khabib later this year also at 155, I believe that means he will be stripped of his 145-pound oh, title, which breaks shit. the question up, who will be fighting for that belt yeah. and when? And I think that's a real piece of the storyline and the puzzle and the drama that is yet to be revealed from us from the greatest storyteller in sports, Dana White. He's <laughs> holding that one back. But I, w- I wish, if Dana was here right now, I wish I could just find out what happened at 145. It's very relevant. It's very meaningful. And it would be very entertaining to hear what the plan is. Oh, yeah. It it's changes everything, actually. Like this, one, this one interim belt has so many... There's, there's so many angles that are going to happen off of this thing. It's actually, I'm, I'm super happy you brought that up because that's a whole other show I get to do next week, finding out what's going to go on at 145 after this. Mr. Uh, Chalsonen, hey, um, you're, uh, you're, you're awesome for doing this with us, man. Thank you so much for, for hanging out now. Oh, are we going? Oh, wait a minute. Before we go, oh. I, I got to ask you, there's a new joke going around. Can I ask you if you've heard it? Absolutely. Okay, what, what, here's how it goes. What is six feet tall, charming, and disappears in an instant? 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> there he is, you guys. Mr. Chael Sonnen himself firing up the, uh, <laughs> the little goodbye joke there. Um, you got to check him out, Podcast One. It's called You're Welcome. So thank you, Chael. I know you're not sticking around to hang out with this thing. Um, appreciate you doing this and uh, check him out on Podcast One. Of course, um, if you want to bet on UFC 236, you can uh, can head to betonline.ag. That, my friends, is where you're going to get a nice little nugget of info um, from me. And that info is using the promo code REVIEW. The promo code REVIEW. You will be able to uh, get a little extra dough in your betting account um, to maybe take some of Chow's great picks and fire them up into your account and make all of the money. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks again to Chow Sonnen, that charming guy who uh, just disappears all the time. Uh, Go check him out. Go check us out too on iTunes. Press subscribe if you're there now or go to Podcast One and subscribe or head to underreviewshow.com. Listen to the show there and make sure you subscribe. I'm Damon D. Adios, muchachos. Muchachos.